The title of what I'm sharing with you this morning is The Favor of the Lord. Would you say that with me? The Favor of the Lord. This is part three. This is our final part of uh, the start of the year, focusing on the favor. By the way, if you missed part one or two, please visit our website and you can listen to those messages. It will also help build a more complete understanding of God's favor. You might be here, this is your very first time or listening online, and you just get this message, which is great. But if you get all three, I believe there'll be a more holistic understanding of the favor of the Lord. Now, please turn so long to Genesis chapter 39. We'll get there in a few moments' time. So, as you are well aware, our theme as a local congregation is the favor of the Lord. We believe that God has directed us to have this theme. And we believe that God is, listen to this, leading us deeper into his favor. My dad used to say, the things that you focus on, you see greater results in. For instance, if a church focuses on healings or focuses on salvation, you see greater results because your attention is there. Now, God has directed our attention. We are now placing our attention on the favor of the Lord. And so we're expecting God to lead us deeper into his favor. And the scriptures that we've been looking at over the last two Sundays and today have been building our faith and they have been inspiring us. Somebody came to me after the service last Sunday and they said regarding the message, they said, thank you, it was so uplifting. Uh, I thought, wow, that's so lovely. And truly, the favor of God, as we talk about it and learn more about it, we should be uplifted as a result of that. But remember, child of God, to come into agreement with this theme. It is important and ask the Lord for more of his favor to be released upon your life. So you need to also be taking hold and saying yes for me. Say this after me, dear Lord Jesus, I ask for more of your favor upon my life, especially in this year. Good. I'd like to share three points with you. The first one I'm gonna spend more time on and then point number two and three are shorter points. Number one, be expectant for God's favor upon your life's calling. Let that just settle in a little bit. Be expectant for God's favor upon your life's calling. In other words, your career, the thing that God has called you to do, the thing that you know that throughout all of your life you might have done a different thing here and there, but generally there's been like a call on your life to be involved in a particular aspect. Please say this point with me. Be expectant for God's favor upon your life's calling. Now, we know that each person has a different calling. Everyone is unique. God uses us in different ways. Maybe you're somebody here and you are called to business. It's the way you are wired. You couldn't really do anything else. You couldn't, uh, you know, do nails and that sort of thing. It just wouldn't work for you. You're just a business person. You're entrepreneurial and so on. Maybe you're here and media is your thing. You think that way. 
Maybe you hear and fashion is something that stirs you. You're a creative type. You love to create and design and fashion and clothing is all your kind of vibe. Maybe you hear and healthcare is your thing. It really moves you to care for the health and the physical well-being of people. You have a passion for your patients, whether you're a sister or a nurse or a doctor or a specialist. You may be somebody who uh, is into technology, and that's your thing. You eat, sleep, breathe, drink, technology. Or it might be social care. You love to reach out to the hurting and those that need upliftment. It's just the way that you are wired. But whatever you're calling, whatever God has called you to do in life, I wanna tell you to expect God's support and God's uh, backing because of his favor in your life. Come on, let that sink in a bit. Because if God's called you to this, his support, his backing should be there for you. His favor should be manifested for you. Before planting Choose Life, I worked at a computer company for just over a year. I was a sales rep, one of 10 sales rep there, reps there. And uh, when I, we were in an open plan office, all 10 of us, and because I was the newbie coming on board, they gave me all the dud clients, you know, that I had to look after. But I decided that I was gonna pray for my clients and pray for my role there, and so I would do that. On the way to work, I would pray. I would pray, God, bless my clients. Give them a greater income. When I phone them, let them be willing to take my call. And when uh, I speak to them, put favor in their hearts towards me. And so I prayed and I prayed, even though I got kind of the worst set of clients. But you know what? God blessed me, God honored those prayers, and I began to see the blessing of the Lord. And within months, I had the third best sales turnover out of all of the 10 of those people. And I give the honor and the glory to the Lord. It's amazing. I didn't have the best clients. <laughs> but I was praying and expecting the favor of God to be released upon my life, and so ended up, literally within months, being the third best in terms of sales turnover. And by the way, it was very difficult to beat number one and two, because they had been there for years, and they had the big clients, you know what I mean? And so God can do that. Pray for your business, pray for your clients. Now, last week, we looked at a few biblical examples of people who found favor with God. We looked at Esther. We looked at Job, we looked at Daniel, we looked at Mary. However, we didn't look at Joseph because Joseph, I specifically wanted to refer to him today. Everybody say Joseph. Joseph. Now, Joseph is an excellent example of someone who walked in the favor of God. Perhaps he might be considered as one of the best examples in scripture, of walking in the favor of God. He experienced God's favor upon his life's calling. No matter where he went, he was favored. And so early on in uh, the scriptures that speak about Joseph, it says that Joseph found favor in Potiphar's sight. Now, Potiphar was a high-ranking Egyptian official. He was a somebody. 
And amazingly, here, Joseph gets favor in Potiphar's sight. Now, you are in Genesis 39, am I right? Look at verse one to four. It says, now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. Remember, he was in the pit. His brothers didn't like him. <laughs> and then he was sold into slavery, ends up in Egypt. So, now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him. Can you imagine those days where you just pick your slave and say, yeah, your muscles are good, I'm buying you. Wow, crazy, but it was what happened in those days. So Potiphar bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. Now look at verse two. The Lord was with Joseph. Doesn't that sound nice? The Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw, would you say the word saw? And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. And here it comes in verse four. So Joseph found favor. We are talking about the favor of the Lord. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. And then he made him overseer of his house and all that he had, he put under his authority. Now, please keep this uh, chapter open. We'll get back to it shortly. But you know what's interesting is even in Joseph's slavery, there was favor. No sooner had he come down to Egypt and he was at the slave market than he was being bought by a high-ranking, wealthy official, Potiphar. Even there, in the slavery, there was favor. And so he began to serve in Potiphar's house. But listen to this. Potiphar began to notice two things about this Joseph guy. The first thing he noticed is that God's hand was upon Joseph. And that's what this, the text specifically says, God's hand. God's hand was upon Joseph. The second thing that Potiphar noticed is that God made Joseph successful. Now, would you imagine this in your context for a moment? Let a little bit of faith arise. Would you imagine that your boss suddenly begins to notice you that little bit more and it's because of God's favor and this boss starts to notice that God's hand is upon your life. This person starts to notice that you are successful in what you do. If God did it for Joseph, he could do it for you. Let faith arise. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Let faith arise, let faith arise. And so what happened as a result of this of what Potiphar saw, he promoted Joseph. Wow. But what was the root cause of the promotion? It was none other than the favor of God. You know what? God's favor can do amazing things for you. Why don't you actually tell that to the person next to you? God's favor can do amazing things for you. Tell them that. Amazing things for you. And so Potiphar promoted Joseph. 
But the scripture tells us promotion does not come from the east or the west. Promotion comes from God. That is according to Psalm 75. And if I read it in uh, the Passion Translation, this is what it says in verse six and seven. This I know. The favor that brings promotion and power does not come from anywhere on earth. For no one exalts a person but God. Let God be true and every man a liar. Are you listening to this? It says, no one exalts a person but God, the true judge of all. He alone determines where favor rests. So I have to tell some of you, you have been looking to the wrong person, you've been looking to your boss and your supervisor and so on, and you have to look to God because he is the one that gives favor, and then your superior or your manager or your boss, they will start to look at you. Don't get your eyes on them, get your eyes on God. And so it's amazing that it says that no one exalts a person but God, he alone determines where favor rests. Powerful. Then we see that Joseph is thrown into prison. But you know what? Joseph even found favor in prison. There might be people listening to me today, maybe you're listening on Impact Radio or something like that, and you are literally in a prison. I wanna tell you, God can favor you even in the situation that you're in, as dire and difficult as it is. So why was he thrown into prison, Joseph? Well, it's because Potiphar's wife falsely accused him of trying to violate her. So there he was in prison. Maybe in this moment when Joseph is now in prison, maybe he felt discouraged. Maybe he felt that maybe the times of favor are over. <laughs> Maybe he felt that God was not with him anymore. But you know what? The opposite was actually true. You might be in a tough place right now. You might be feeling boxed in, caged in, in a prison of sorts, and you feel that God is not with you. I want to tell you, the opposite is true. God is with you, and his favor is still upon your life, even in circumstances that look challenging. And so if you look now at verse 21 and 22, Genesis 39, and it says, the Lord was with Joseph. Oh, even in prison? Yeah. The Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy, and here it says, and gave him favor. Please say favor. In the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph's hands all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did, it was his doing. <laughs> and so, even in prison, Joseph was favored by God. He was put in charge of all the prison uh, officials, or sorry, of all the prisoners in the prison. You know what? It seems to me like you just couldn't keep Joseph down <laughs> because of the God factor. You couldn't keep him down, you couldn't keep him down. Maybe you're in a time period of your life where you feel like you've been kept down, kept down, kept down. I wanna tell you that God can cause you to rise because of his favor upon your life. You cannot be kept down indefinitely, you cannot. God raises us up. 
And so then one other thing about favor that Joseph experienced was ultimately Joseph even found favor with Pharaoh. So this is not Potiphar anymore. This is not the prison guard, the keeper of the prison that he's finding favor. Now he's finding favor with a big chief, <laughs> if I can put it that way. And it says in Acts 7, verse 9 to 10, but God was with him, Joseph, and delivered him out of all his troubles. Thank you, Lord. Look at this. And gave him, what's the next word? Favor. Say it again. Favor. Gave him favor and wisdom in the presence of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And he made him governor over Egypt and all his house. So the amazing thing here is that Joseph, it's very clear, was put in charge over the entire land and kingdom of Egypt. He was put in charge. And the Bible says that there was only one person that ranked higher than him, and that was Pharaoh himself. Don't tell me the favor of God will not cause you to rise because my Bible shows lots of examples of God taking people from the pit to the palace. Now give God a hand of praise. And so praise God. The amazing thing was now he was so high up in the land and, uh, and once again, what was the reason? God poured out favor upon Joseph's life. But I also wanna say this to you. Joseph went through various times. The times that he went through were not always fun. Was it fun when he was in the pit? No. Was it fun when he was in the prison? No. He experienced good times, he experienced tough times, but through it all, he saw the favor of God upon his life. And I wanna tell you, God's favor lasts a lifetime, child of God. Through it all, through those hard times, he saw the favor, and what does it tell us? It tells us that God never left his side. And so Joseph was finding favor in his life's calling, and I wanna encourage you, expect that you will receive favor in your life's calling in Jesus' name. I said the first one was gonna be a bit of a longer point. Number two, God's favor will give you victory over the enemy. Say this with me, God's favor will give you victory over the enemy. That's interesting. The thing between favor and victory now, you can turn so long to Psalm 44 and verse three to five. We'll look at it in a moment's time. But what is in Psalm 44? Well, it speaks about the victories that Israel experienced as they were taking possession of the promised land. There were victories they were experiencing. Now, yes, God promised them the land, but also they had to still drive out the inhabitants of the land that were before them. And in terms of our lives, God gives you a spiritual promised land. And sometimes you think, well, you're just gonna saunter into this promised land. But you know what? Many times there is a fight. You have to fight the good fight of faith and you have to take a hold of what God has for you. You have to do spiritual warfare. You have to chase out the rubbish of the enemy and you have to take possession of the land. But the wonderful thing is 
that God over and over again in the Israelites taking possession of the land, God intervened in their battles. He gave them an edge. <laughs> I like that. And God came through for them in some incredible ways. The stories are written in the Old Testament. And he literally drove out the enemy before them and established them in the land. Yes, they still had to fight. Yes, they still had to take up their position. Yes, they still had to move in. But God intervened. He drove them out and he established them in the land. Now, Psalm 44, verse three to five. And the first part of verse five. It says in the New King James Version, it says, for they did not gain possession of the land by their own sword, nor by their own arm did it save them, but it was your right hand. Notice the glory is going to God. Your arm, now look at this, and the light of your countenance, because you favored them. <laughs> Here is favor Related to victory. Goes on to say in verse four, you are my king, O God. Command victories for Jacob. Through you we will push down our enemies. Now my question is this. Did Israel gain victories because of their own strength? Did Israel gain victories because of their superiority? pre-military power. No, most definitely not. It was not because of that, but it was because of the hand of God upon them and specifically because he showered them with favor. This is what Psalm 44 is saying. He showered them with favor. He was delighting upon them. And so verse three, just look at it again. It says, it was your right hand, your arm, and the light of your countenance, because you favored them. You say, John, can the light of God shining upon me help bring victory in my life? Absolutely. Because <laughs> it's the favor of God that is backing you and is bringing you through to success. Please say this after me. Israel experienced victory. Because God favored them. I can experience victory because God favors me. And I wanna tell you the scripture says, if God is for you, who can be against you? If God is for you, and that's Romans 8 verse 31 in the King James, because when it says God is for you, it means he's favoring you. The light of his countenance is upon you. Praise God for the victory that we have over the enemy. And then number three, the last point. This is the season of God's favor. Say this aloud with me. This is the season of God's favor. Now, in Luke 4, we find the significant moment, especially if you have the NIV, turn to Luke 4, verse 18 to 19. But there's this significant moment because Jesus is going into the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And I just wanna point out something to you here. The Bible says, as was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath. Jesus had this custom that he would gather with the people of God. 
I want to challenge you that you would have the same way of operating that you gather with the people of God. If Jesus felt the need to do it, I believe even much more we need to do it. And I appeal to the heads of the households, to fathers and single moms and single dads and so on, I appeal to you, set an example, bring your family to church, it affects your spiritual well-being, no doubt about it. And so... Some people clapping about that one. <laughs> so Jesus went into the synagogue and he read the scriptures. And he was handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. It's interesting that in terms of the scroll, it was the papyrus paper. And at the end was these uh, pieces of wood that would roll. And you would roll the scroll up. And so I believe it was by divine influence that he was handle, handed the scroll of the prophet Isaiah. God is in the details. Come on, God's in the details. So he's handed the scroll, and with the scroll, he opens up and he starts to find the place that he wants to read because he's under instruction. I only do what I see the Father do. And so he's under instruction from God. And then he finds this place in Luke 4, verse 18 to 19. In the NIV, it says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And this applies to all of us. We've been anointed. To proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, and now here it comes about the favor. It says in verse 19, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Say that with me, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And how powerful is this? When Jesus is getting up to read scripture, he finds the specific passage and the last phrase that is read here is to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And by the way, he stopped right there because in Isaiah, it goes on the very next thing. It says to proclaim the day of vengeance of our God. That day has not yet come. It will come in the future, but this is the day of God's favor. We are living in this era and that's why he stopped right there. Favor, 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 favor. Come on, somebody shout out favor. The day of vengeance of our God will come at the, at the next coming of Jesus. But this is the day of favor. Praise God. And then he rolled up the scroll, he handed it back, and all eyes were fixed on Jesus because you know what happened? At that moment, the scripture was fulfilled. The dispensation or the time period of the favor was unlocked right there as he began to read it. And you and I are still living in the days of the favor of God. Praise God. Yes, there was favor in the Old Testament. Daniel saw it, Esther saw it, Noah saw it, Joseph saw it. But I wanna tell you that we are living in the days of far greater favor than all of those Old Testament fathers and examples that went before. And so this should cause us to rejoice because God is for us. He's not against us. And so Jesus proclaimed the favor of the Lord, the year of the Lord's favor. I just wanna mention this in uh, verse 19 in the Amplified Bible. 
It says to proclaim the accepted and acceptable year of the Lord. And then in brackets, it describes what the accepted or the favorable year is. It says the day when salvation and the free favors of God profusely abound. What does this mean? It means in addition to salvation where God is saying, come, be part of my family. Come, bring them from the highways, bring them from the byways, let them come and experience salvation. It means in addition to this, in addition to that, this is the time when the free favors of God profusely abound. Profusely is a powerful word. It means it is not in short supply. The favor of God is in abundant supply. It is profusely abounding right now. And you know what? If the favor is profusely abounding, then we should expect God's blessing, God's kindness, God's backing, God's support, God's goodwill, and God's light of His favor shining upon you. Do you receive the light of His favor shining upon you? I wanna make it clear, God is not stingy towards His people, no. He is generous, and He made up His mind I'm gonna bless my children and I'm gonna favor them and that's all there is about it. They will be blessed and they will be favored because they're my children, because I love them. Ah. And if he gave us Jesus, how would he not, together with Jesus, give us everything that we need? Tom Ingalls, I'm drawing to a close here. Tom Ingalls says the following, favor is when God aligns everything up for you to win. Isn't that beautiful? It's God's grace manifested, manifested as divine ability. It's when you experience supernatural breakthroughs. It's when good things are happening beyond your ability. You can only do so much in your own ability and then God is giving the favor beyond your own ability. And so in line with this, I wanna declare that we proclaim God's favor here in this place today in Jesus' name. We proclaim that things will line up in Jesus' name. We proclaim divine ability. We proclaim advancement. We proclaim great opportunities for the people of God. We proclaim breakthrough in the name of Jesus. And we do this all on the solid basis of the favor of God. Praise the Lord. And I wanna end off with the scripture. And this is a scripture that I wanna declare over Choose Life Church. God said it, this is the year of the favor of the Lord. And there's this scripture, let me just read it first and then I'll sort of proclaim it. It says in Psalm 102, verse 13, it says you, this is God, you will arise and have mercy on Zion. What is Zion? It's the church, it's us, it's God's people. You will arise and have mercy on Zion. For the time to favor her, come on, anyone listening? The time to favor her, yes, the set time has come. And so, uh, 
I wanna just declare this over you right now. Would you just receive this as from the Lord? Father, thank you that I can declare this scripture over this body, over Zion, over your church and the broader church. And we declare that you will arise and have mercy on Zion for the time to favor her. Yes, the set time has come. Now give God a hand of praise, a mighty hand of praise. This is the time. Is faith arising in this place? Is faith arising in this place? Hallelujah. Now we're gonna move into communion. And you know that we can partake in communion because of God's favor and His grace and His blessing. Can I ask, please make sure that you have the bread ready, that you have the cup ready. And we're gonna partake and then I will close in prayer after that. It says the following, Matthew 26 in the Living Bible, as they were eating, Jesus took a small loaf of bread and blessed it and broke it apart and gave it to his disciples and said, take it and eat it, for this is my body. And he took a cup of wine and gave thanks for it and gave it to them and said, each one drink from it. For this is my blood sealing the new covenant. It is poured out to forgive the sins of multitudes. Father, right now we lift up this bread. We know that this symbolizes your body, Lord Jesus Christ. As we break it, we remind ourselves of what you went through, the agony in the run up to the cross, on the cross. Thank you, Jesus, you chose to do it. You did it because you love us. And we just wanna say thank you that you are the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. Thank you that you were the ultimate sacrifice. There's no other sacrifice to come. This is it. The body of the Lord broken for you. Now, Father, it's with joy that we lift up the cup. We also want to say, Father, that we are honored to partake in the covenant meal. We are like super blessed. <laughs> and we just want to take a moment to say anything that we've said or thought or done that just hasn't pleased you. We're sorry, Lord. We confess it to you. Thank you that you've forgiven, cleansed, and, and thank you that we live in righteousness. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. As we partake of this today, in particular, we want to say, Lord, we want to receive all of the manifestation of your favor that you have for us upon our lives and all of the covenant blessings that you have for us, the blood of the Lord shed for you. Now let's just keep our eyes closed for just a moment. Just keep our eyes closed for a moment. Father, we just say that we love you. I just wanna end off, Lord, with just a devotional prayer. And Lord, we thank you that you have been working in this place today. It's 
actually been a glorious time. And we give you the honor and the thanks. I bless your people with favor. I bless them with every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus that you have for us. And we just wanna say thank you that you love us. Thank you that you care for us. As we go into this week, I pray that we would go in victory. I pray that you would protect your people, that you would provide, and that the favor of the Lord would go ahead of them and open up amazing things. For we ask this in the name of Jesus and all God's people say, Amen. Let's give the Lord a hand of praise. Hallelujah. God bless you.